All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I am a little bit excited, and I'm a lot a bit nervous because I feel like we've got through the appetizer of the fantasy football season, and now we're about to get into the main course Mm. of the last five weeks of the regular season, running through the gauntlet of playing your own division. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is both exciting, um, but I am very nervous about it. Yeah, well, if you're going to refer to the appetizer as the the incumbents chewing up and spitting out the challengers over the past six weeks. I'm not sure how kindly they'll take to being considered. Look, I wasn't talking about that. I was saying that as a season as a whole, it's a, an appetizer of the first eight weeks of the season because, you know, we're more than halfway through the regular season, but now we're halfway through the fantasy season because, you know, the playoffs go through week 16. So now we're, so that's the appetizer of the season. I wasn't talking about opponents, but now that you mention it, have we talked enough about <laughs> how much the incumbents have dominated the challengers this year. What has happened? And and how, what is your read on this? This this should not be. If we go back and we look at the actual rankings out of the draft, out of the first three weeks, is this par for the course? No, this is this is unusual. So the incumbents over the last six weeks have gone twenty-eight and eight against the challengers just you know 750 something win percentage and you know there are three people in the challengers division that have six game losing streaks that just completely blanked against the incumbents charles chairs charles andy and ben all just completely winless uh and then jared and i both went uh, undefeated against the the challengers and so jared's on a seven game win streak i'm on a six game win streak after i guess jared lost the first game of the season then hasn't lost since i, I lost the first two of the season and haven't lost since so right. yeah so i'm oh and two against the incumbents division and i'm six and oh against the challengers so i guess that's why i'm nervous is because <laughs> i haven't yet beat anyone in my own division and uh i'm worried I'm worried about it well you would think that it might come back down to to middle and think, okay, maybe this is just a a matchup situation or a scheduling situation. But the reality is, if you go look at the top six scores of the league, <laughs> yeah. we, it's it's like, like we have empirical data. Like it, it lines up. Yes, the top six points scored are all in the incumbents division. It is weird. Oh, so weird. Oh, I don't the, understand the, it. The, the best record in the challengers division is tied with the worst record in the incumbents division. Yeah. I mean, Chris Windsor sitting at sixth place in the division at four and four. He'd be, le- he would be with leading the challengers. He'd be in first place in the challengers division in the driver's seat for a buy in the playoffs. if he was in the challengers division. Jeez. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I've got no, got nothing to make of this. Hey, it, it's a good thing. We have the two divisions, um, because you know, the, there definitely someone from the challengers division is going to get in the playoffs and someone from the challengers division is going to be in the incumbents next year and, and vice versa. So uh, at least that helps force some balance. And I think, you know, the divisional play to end the year is also going to force some balance because Michael and Scott both sit at four and four. They could very easily get into the playoffs if they win three or four games in the division and they get to seven or eight wins on the year. 
they're in a really good spot to make it to the playoffs because there is going to be some bruising and beating of each other within the incumbents division, some cannibalization of those playoff spots. So um, uh, it's good that we have two divisions to help keep some uh, some uh, leveling of the playing field. So currently, Derek and I are both sitting at six and two. You're at six and two, and Jared is at seven and one. I single out Derek and I because I find it interesting that between uh, myself and even looking at Derek, who you could argue has earned his record a little bit more than I have, particularly that compared to even Jared's, uh, Jared has a total of 1,203 points for. He is leading the pack in points for as well as his record, and so you can say that he has won his games fair and square. However, his points against is also second lowest, second only to me. I have 917 points against me and only 1,100 points, so I'm exactly 100 points less than Jared standing at 6-2. and two. You, however, 6-2, and two, you've got 1,135 points, so about 30 points more than I do, but your points against tally is nearly uh, about a little bit over 100 points more than me against me. So your six and two is a little truer than my six and two and Jared's seven and one is just, he's been beating up all of us. Yep. Yep. It's true. And I, you know, I still think, you know, look at Chris Windsor's four losses. They could all be, they could all be wins if he had a little bit better quarterback play and, um, you know, a, a little bit more schedule luck. Um, he has the most points against of anyone in the incumbents division. And I mean, really to me, he has one of the, the scariest teams in the incumbents division. Right. Um, with uh with some of the studs he has on his team so i uh yeah this is gonna be a really interesting close out to the year i don't feel safe you know as a six mm-hmm. and two record mm-hmm. i don't feel safe nope. of playoff spot or nope. anything at this point nope. um nope. It, it's all still very wide open our friends at espn are correcting to have the congressman jump down from first now to ninth after this week so there's some some balancing corrections. After this week, they still do have Scott jumping from 11th to 4th, and they have you jumping from 10th to 6th. That's still accurate from last week. However, uh, right now, as it stands, Derek is going to jump from 6th to 1st and uh, take the win, I guess. And I'm going to drop out of the playoff run, dropping to 7th place, according to this. However, Andy is jumping from 5th to 12th, Rightly so. It sounds like it's starting to come around to reality a little bit more. It's good that it has, you know, Scott in there at fourth because someone from the Challengers will make it into the top six. So mm-hmm. um, that makes sense. Um, it's interesting that it chooses you to fall out um, and to, uh, you know, miss the playoffs. Have you seen uh, my schedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, it's just, you know, Interesting because you have a two game lead on Chris uh, Windsor and you have a one game lead on Brock. So um, I'm curious that it thinks you're going to, uh, I don't know, lose out yeah. uh, the rest of the rest yes. of the way. I, so I, I'm, I may. There is actually a very real chance that I could tell you the truth. I mean, for for anyone in the incumbents division, there's no easy games left. Right. So we're, we're all going to look at our schedule and say, oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> so. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, what does that say about, you know, I, I recognize in the incumbent division, we're about to get gloves off, punched around, and it's going to be may the best team win. And, and really, this is when we start to claw each other's eyes out for the top of the hill. But 
What do you predict the challengers division is going to look like from here on out based on this, these losings? I mean, is it just going to be a paltry mudslinging? I mean, what, what is going to happen in these matchups between now and the playoff season? I, I, I don't, it'll be interesting because with the leaders being at four wins, you know, they still have to win probably two Maybe or three, three more yeah. to make the playoffs. So that means, you know, Charles and Chewy are, I mean, really even Andy and Ben, you could see if, you know, Andy or Ben won out and had a little bit of help from the rest of the division in terms of how their matchups fared, they could still come back and win the division with seven wins. Um, so I think that that is an interesting possibility. Yeah. Michael and Stott are certainly in the driver's seat, and if they can you know, keep putting up decent scores, they should be okay in terms of one of them getting a playoff spot. Uh, but I think Charles is still alive. Chewie is still alive. And they have good enough teams that they can do it. You know, obviously, we've seen that from Charles from the first two weeks of the season. He's just had a brutal run over the last six games. True that. Well, with that in mind, do you have any uh, week eight update for us before we jump into the discussion ahead? I thought week eight was a pretty high-scoring week. Mm-hmm. I thought it was... Um, you know, a really strong week for the Incumbents division. Everyone in the Incumbents division won, and their lowest score was 134. So no uh, fluky wins in the Incumbents division. Michael put up 142 points, and Stott put up 154 points. So they uh, had the strongest fight from the challengers, right. uh, which makes sense. This is at the top of their division. So really pretty high-scoring week. Uh, it was only the fourth high-scoring week for the lead of the year, which I was surprised it it wasn't higher than that. Yeah, Yeah, it did feel higher, but uh, strong week. And now looking ahead to week nine, if I, if I may, it looks like it's gonna be a pretty low scoring week. There's some, it will be, but with the saints, the Rams and the Falcons on by this week, that's a lot of fantasy players on on by, Uh, you know, really solid fantasy players on by this week. The Bengals are on by too. Not so, not so many fantasy not players so there. Big deal. Yeah. But those, you know, four teams on by, and three of them have three to five players on each team that start for uh, everyone's fantasy team in the lead. Right. Um, so I think that is going to keep scoring down here in week nine, and of course injuries as well. We'll, we'll do that and some of the the actual NFL matchups too. I think it will be a pretty low scoring week for the league. Yeah. Yeah, and you got Texans overseas this weekend playing in London. Just some unique factors there, so we'll get a little early jump on some scores going into the day. We did have a bigger Thursday night football than we typically do, so we're going to get caught up on that. Now, before we jump into matchups, Pete, you said that there were no fluky wins in week 8, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Tell us how you were feeling as Scott was <laughs> jumping up at you, and you wait, did you just look at your score later on that evening after taking a walk of confidence around the street and come back and go, wait, what? I never entertained the possibility that Scott would have a chance to Who come did? back and win, yeah. because I think I was projected to win by like thirty points mm-hmm. going into Sunday night. And then he had Aaron Jones score forty-one points on Sunday night. Amazing. I saw that and I was like, wow, that could have really screwed me over. Thank goodness I had enough of a lead. 
I'm still safe. Like I, I saw Aaron Jones for 41 points and thought I'm still safe. <laughs> and then I didn't even realize that he didn't want to play in Monday night. So what I did on Monday night was around halftime or whatever it was. I was like, Hey, I wonder who's, you know, going to win the highest score of the week mm-hmm. because Jared, Derek rock. And I had an outside chance. I, it wasn't going my way. I knew, but I wanted to see who between Jared, Derek and Brock were looking like they're in the driver's seat for high score. I drove and you know, it defaults to load my matchup first when I pulled up on the app. Right. And I, I see I'm only ahead by one point of Scott and it's, him with a wide receiver against me with a kicker. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, <laughs> there's a much stronger possibility of his kicker, of his wide receiver outscoring my kicker for the rest of the game. So how did this happen? Why am I about to lose? <laughs> and at one point you were losing. Yeah, I, I, I missed actually seeing that score, uh, but I, I gathered from the, the updates in the, the group. Right, right. Grouping. Well... I mean, I was rooting for Scott in that moment. I got to tell you, just because I loved the upset, and but I was really glad because at the end of the day, we had already called the full division, yeah. week, and I didn't, I didn't want to have to error correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I've been turning it over in my head of wow, how amazing! All the incumbents won <laughs> right. won their matchup this That's week, right. and then open the app and say, wait, yeah. <laughs> why am I not winning? <laughs> Surely has one thing has nothing to do with the other. Our, right. our confidence and swag has nothing to do with this penance. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully my lack of confidence will uh, have the same reverse effect oh, in week man. nine. Because yeah, you, you and me both. I, I think we're not not <laughs> yeah. feeling super great about week <laughs> nine. Right? Like, trust me, I have more than enough non confidence for both <laughs> <Yeah>. of us. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations on your non-confidence yeah, thanks very very much unlike a few weeks ago all right well with that let's let's go into some matchups shall we what do you what do you say we get into the discussion on some of our challengers up front let's do it yeah all right um let's go to charles and ben I first so charles is off to a good start He's got 32 points under his belt after Monday night, mostly coming from Emmanuel Sanders scoring 24. He's looking really good with San Francisco after being traded to them from Denver. And those mid-season trades for wide receivers always make me nervous. It, it really, it, mid-season trade for any still position player, I, I pretty much never want one of my fantasy players to get traded. Agreed. Because I feel like they got to get caught up on the playbook and did you know, their role carved out yeah. the team. But uh, I mean, just... Just in Monday night, we saw Emmanuel Sanders ball out and Kenyon Drake ball out after being traded three days before the game uh, to Arizona. So I, I think maybe there's something about play calling now and just uh, coaches are able to get players up to speed faster or have them do specific things to get them integrated quicker. Because I think of Sammy Watkins being traded to the Rams two weeks before the season a couple years ago. And it seems like he never really knew what was going on that first season. And it was never a good fit. But now uh, we're starting to see these players who have been traded get into a fit a little bit quicker. But trade deadline's passed, and so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, but Charles is projected for 133 points now. To be clear, you're talking about the NFL trade deadline. Uh, let's, yes, let's sorry. Let's not throw any wrenches. <laughs> Thank okay. you. All right. All Thank right. you. Don't need any of those accusations <laughs> no, we against don't. me. All right. As you were. Yeah. So 
Charles is projected for 133 points right now. Uh, Ben's projected for 117, but he needs a defense. Uh, and he also has Devontae Adams on the bench, who may play this week. So uh, we could see Ben's score actually come up, and this did look like a much closer game than it does right now. Yeah, it very well could be. I think that Charles is on a positive uh, upward trajectory coming up here soon and getting that leg up with Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, let's see, Saquon Barkley up against Dallas. I actually like that matchup a lot this week. I am excited about the old, what has felt like a rivalry to me. I feel like I've watched the Giants play the the Cowboys a lot and uh, excited to see that go head-to-head. So that'll be fun between him and Zeke. I think that this game is going to be a fun game. It's interesting to me, though, that he's leaving the Giants in, and it's kind of a catch-22 for him, and I will be interested to see who outscores who on his own roster. So I bet Charles has a different defense come this weekend because playing the Giants defense against the Cowboys doesn't make much sense. Not much. Per Instagram research, I know Charles is out of town right now and uh, doing some uh, traveling with his wife. So maybe once that is done, he will get back to managing his team uh, and uh, put a different defense in there. So we'll see what happens. And uh, Ben will also have a different looking starting lineup come this weekend as well. And I think this will be a pretty close game. Uh, Charles will definitely score a bunch of points on Monday night, though, because he will have Zeke and Saquon and Evan Ingram. I'll play on Monday night, so uh, Ben will not have anyone on Monday, it appears, and so Charles may get, uh, have, some, have some fun with scoreboard watching on Monday. Yep, agreed. I'm going to lean into Charles this week for my pick. I assume, assume you are as well. No, I'm going to go off the board, and I'm going to take Ben. Oh, poor K. Just because just I hope so, just uh, because I... Uh, not that I'm cheering against Charles, but I'm just cheering against the guy with the the worst record just to see things get shifting up a little bit. All right. Well, let's see what happens. That'll take us over to Michael and Chris Clark Chewy, shall we? Let's do it. Another one where we can cheer for the guy with the the worst record. Let's do it. Yeah, he does actually look good this week, with the exception of Kyler Murray going off this week. Yeah, and you know he didn't really have that great of a week until he threw a like ninety yard touchdown in the final mm-hmm. two yeah. minutes. So that was a big help for Michael. Got twenty four points out of Kyler Murray. Probably the I don't know, best week he's had in a few weeks, and it was against a really good defense in uh, San Francisco. So I think I think Kyler Murray's gotten better as the season's gone on. Uh, overall, uh, yeah, he had a couple of bad weeks against uh, New Orleans and the Giants the last two weeks, but a right. uh, nice, nice rebound at home here against San Francisco. And, uh, he's a exciting player. I think he'll, he'll be a important fantasy player for many years to come. Agreed. He's just got to get more consistent in throwing the old TD. His, uh, lack of performance week in and week out makes him a little bit more unreliable. Fortunately, those two TDs this week should give, uh, Michael a little bit more of a leg up. I like Chewy's matchup specifically. I like Randall Cobb this week. Again, I'm just excited about the Dallas Giants game, and I think it'll be really fun to watch. I don't think their defenses on either side are worth their salt against one another, so I think it'll be a higher-scoring game, or at least I hope it would. Carlos Hyde, again, is playing overseas, so we'll be uh, curious to see what that looks like. But he's been – I mean, the whole Houston offense has been stronger than I think anybody's anticipated. And that's been really fun. Would you agree to that? 
Yeah, the Houston offense, I feel like it's been really up and down. Hyatt has been better than I thought he would be, mm-hmm. that's for sure, because it seemed like he couldn't keep a job for a while, and now he seems to have carved out a role with Houston in terms of getting a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a worthwhile player. Uh, the Michael's matchups for Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs are really juicy at, at running back, and I think that's a strong suit for him. Having 24 points from Tyler, I think that will at least match what Dak can do for Chewy. And so then with Michael having Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs, I think they'll put up a lot of points. I think that'll give him the edge here, which is an important week for Michael to win because he's heavy on the Rams players with Brandon Cook, Cooper Cup, and Gerald Everett. They're all on by. Right. He also has Drew Brees on by this week. So right. for him for him to win with four really starting players on his bench due to the bye week would be a pretty big win for him. But I'm not counting Chewy out because I like Chewy's matchups for Allen Robinson against Philadelphia's bad secondary and Dak Prescott against the Giants. And I thought, oh, Chewy used to have Amari Cooper, but he traded him, right? So he doesn't have Amari Cooper anymore. Uh, but he's got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler in there, which normally I'd say is bad, but they're going against Green Bay's defense, which is a plus. So mm-hmm. they could both have a good week this week. Um, so I'm not counting Chewy out. I think he's got some good matchups as well. Yeah. Uh, though I think they both have some holes in their lineups too. Yeah, this one will be interesting to watch as well. I'm excited about this. These are some decent competitive matchups. That's gonna. Yeah, it, looks, it looks like they're are they pr- pretty much even on the projection right now. They're both at 123, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, are you talking about? Uh, oh no, they they started out even at 123, but now now Michael's ahead on the projection 131 to 120. There you go. All right. So my, I think Michael's in the driver's seat, but not counting Chewy out. All right. Well, that should take us over to Scott and Andy this week. Yep. Rooting, rooting for Squish here. Uh, hoping Andy can pull off the upset of 1-7 over Scott. Scott is missing a flex position, but he's still projected to outscore Andy by 10 points right now. So not looking great for Andy in terms of the projection uh, as and how that goes. Andy, however, doesn't have a tight end who is really uh, projected to start this weekend. So uh, he should be able to plug in at least a few points from the tight end spot and even things up a little bit. Yeah, I look at these two matchups, and Scott's coming off of a really high point score week, and his bye week blues and uh, injuries are not nearly as substantial uh, as other teammates this week. Um uh, watching him fill his flex, he's got uh, an option or two, but not sure why he's subbing that out just yet. But overall, uh, he's got Nick Chubb up against Denver, like you said, and uh, a uh, a questionable quarterback up against Houston, but um, one that could go total gangbusters this week after having uh, consistently done really well the past couple weeks. So, uh I like it. Um, I don't think that Andy is out of the running just yet. He's got a great matchup in Tom Brady. He's got uh, uh, several New England uh, options for him. And I like the Titans defense up against Carolina this week, although they're coming off of some some hot streak too. So 
Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I think that if Andy is going to do well here, not only does he have to do average, he's going to have to overperform because I don't see Scott scoring less than uh, a higher score on the board. So i uh, hoping Andy can keep up. Yeah, I liked all of Stott's wide receivers. I like both his running backs, though I like Chubb more than Jones. Mm-hmm. And I like his quarterback, too. So I think this is going to be a really tough one for Andy to win. I traded with Andy this week. I sent him Mark Ingram and Tyler Lockett. And I could end up regretting that trade. And if I do, it would start this week with Lockett joining his Tampa Bay because he could smash their secondary. If they throw him the ball 10 times, he'll probably have 200 yards. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. That's a really good matchup for Lockett for Andy. But other than that, I don't think Andy's got really strong matchups anywhere else. But I do think Scott has four or five really good matchups. So I think I'm definitely going to take Scott on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Scott looks stronger and I'm hoping Andy does well. All right. Let's go to your matchup against Chris this week. It's over with. Yeah. Bye weeks are hitting you hard this week because you got Kamara on by, you got Matt Ryan on by, uh, and then you got the Patriots playing at Baltimore, which is like the first good offensive played all year so your best fantasy player has its hardest matchup of the (laughs) season that's so sad but yeah you're right it's not sad at all it's amazing and it's the reason you are where you are i'm not gonna lie about that i'm not gonna argue yeah yeah don't don't feel any shame about your defense being your best player it was an amazing pick i don't know how how much so what's scary is i don't know if they're gonna be able to sustain it through the Regular rest of the regular season because they play at Baltimore this week. Then they're on bye in week ten. So this is the Patriots mm-hmm. defense here. At Baltimore on bye at Philadelphia, home against Dallas, at Houston, home against Kansas City, and that takes you through week one of the playoffs. Like there's no bad offense in there. Maybe Houston. I'd be uh, in terms about, of uh, Cowboys, honestly, over Houston playing them. Playing the, them at the, home. Cow- the Cowboys have given up the fewest points to opposing dsts of any team mm, how about that but it's a home game it's uh it's in new yeah. england so they have that going for them but i mean there's a lot of good offensive lines in there and they've played a lot of bad offensive lines which has helped them force pressure get sacks and turnovers and i think they're just gonna have sure. way less of that over oh, the I next fully expect five six weeks absolutely but if you make it to week 15 then hey. they're playing cincinnati and week 16, they're playing I Buffalo. Them for the so playoffs. that's why. That's why. Yeah. Them up <laughs> yeah. with, so. If you made it to the playoffs, <laughs> cake. Passed around one of the playoffs. <laughs> you should be in really good shape. But I think, I think the Patriots' defense is going to come back to earth a little bit. Even though this has been a historic run for them, and they might just be that good as a defense that they uh, quash all offenses. I'm certainly worried about playing Lamar Jackson against them this sure. weekend because I, I think they can game plan to stop anything. Yeah. And if they're going to stop anything from Baltimore, it would be Lamar Jackson. So, well, I'm just, we'll I'm see just what grateful happens. that my wide receiving core is actually on the roster this week with their injuries. Uh, Adam Thielen being the uh, very, very nice uh, addition to my team. I've got Shady in there as well. He has not been the, the number one go-to, but this week does look like he might get a little bit more action there up against Minnesota. So we shall see about that. Uh, Greg Olson is touchdown or die, and Kirk Cousins is. I'm, I've got him in there reluctantly, so, so we we will 
uh, have to wait and see. I, I don't feel good about any of this. I, I need Chris to have a really, really bad game. He's got really, really ideal situation going for him. Not just a better team, but a better team with, with better upside in his matchups. Christian McCaffrey is up against Tennessee. Uh, you've got the... Uh, Stefan Diggs is going up against Kansas City's defense. Uh, I just, I, I Keenan Allen up against Green Bay. There, there's a really good upside across many of his positions in addition to having a stronger, more healthy team. So I'm screwed is what I'm saying. Yeah, and Chris actually has two quarterbacks he could play this week after all of his quarterback struggles earlier in the season. He's got Josh Allen at home against Washington. Jameis Winston on the road at Seattle. I think he could play either one of those and get a good result. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey and Chris Godwin are probably just going to crush your mm-hmm. soul and they will uh, dominate. So I think Chris has a chance to be the top scorer mm-hmm. of the week. And I think you have a 5% chance well, of beating. Hey, if I'm going to go down, I'd like to go down to the top scorer of the week. That I yeah, feel, just, feel great about that. Yeah, that, 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 that'll help your points against look not so shameful Wait, on the same page. Wait, I thought we agreed that it well. wasn't shameful. I thought. No, the having the Patriots defense as your best player is not oh, shameful. Oh, that's your, what it is. Yeah, your 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 paltry points against. I can't keep total. any of this straight. I'm so sorry. It's so difficult to keep keep track of what I should be embarrassed about and what I shouldn't. Uh, I'm sorry. That's right. All right. Yep. All right. Well, All right. let's go to <laughs> let's go to my, mine and Brock's matchup now. And let me just say, I wish I was playing you this week oh, because well, that I was great. I I feel like that would be the, my best chance of of getting a win, but. Neither Brock nor I are projected for a big score right now. He's missing a defense, uh, but he's still projected to beat me by two points. So add a defense, and he's probably ahead by 10 or so. Uh, I've got Lamar Jackson, who's my best player, and but he's facing the Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, nervous about that one. Uh, I've got some new additions in here. I've got Can you elaborate? James yeah. White, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Williams. I, you know, I don't even know if I like all those players. I traded for them. I don't even know if I like all of them. And I, I've kind of had some buyer's remorse after. It's like, why did I just trade for like half the team of a one and seven yeah. team? Um, but I think all these guys, I'm buying low on all of them. That's what I feel like. That, that's, that's sort of my reason for doing the trades. I feel like I'm buying low on all of them. Between the three of them, they scored one touchdown all year. They've had plenty of touches. They should have more touchdowns. So this is just, this is just a bet on positive regression. If any of them are going to have that positive regression this week i think it's mike williams i'm a, kind of excited about him uh and i think he's have a good game against green bay we'll see i don't know i might just have some blinders on there but other than that there's not a lot i love about my team right now i'm starting a running back who plays for the dolphins which is just gross because they're so bad uh, though if there's a week he's never a week is, is this one but i only got two points for my defense on monday night yeah, that didn't help you. Or, sorry on thursday night that hurts I thought that was a pretty good matchup for them. They've been really good, and uh, Arizona steamed them out of points. So, you know, flip over, look at Brock's team. I think his Texans have a pretty tough matchup playing Jacksonville in London, Deshaun Watson, Duke Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. I think they should probably score a little bit below expectation. That's historically been a tough matchup for them playing Jacksonville, and they've you know, very familiar with Jacksonville, but this is the first time they're playing Jacksonville without Jalen Ramsey. So DeAndre Hopkins should have a, a really big day. Uh, Kenny Galladay. You're worried, about, you're worried about them being in London as well? Little little jet lagged or just confused? Not not, not sure which side of the uh, hash to run on, that kind of thing. I think being in London reduces scoring some, 
But I think it's really more about the matchup than anything. I don't. I, I just they're people and they're affected by jet lag and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think that's really ever the deciding factor of how people produce in London. I was trying to make a joke. So thanks for. Anyway, so the uh, sorry didn't pick I, up on that. Which which side of the hash to run on? It was like they drive on the left side of the road. It was great. <laughs> Do you call it a hash? Like the the is the stripe in the middle of the road a hash? No, but. The the hash that divides the field is called the hash. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, I don't know. I, I, sorry. Okay. It's a stretch. I'll, I'll grant, grant I, it's a okay. stretch. I see where you're going for. It's, it's not, a stretch. Not one just to like let it just go by though. That's what I was saying. I mean, I was a like, nod, is hash like a, a, an English dish? I'm not aware. Uh, of. Like it they, probably like, is. Like, well, yeah. Fodder for <laughs> the outtakes. Fish, chips, and hash. <laughs> Fodder for the outtakes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where are we? <laughs> Brock has Kenny Galladay in Oakland, and that's a great matchup for him after he just had a monster week last week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't have another monster week this week. And he is starting two tight ends, which gives me some hope because he doesn't even have one good tight end on his mm-hmm. roster. So the fact that he's starting two, I think, is a plus yeah, for me. Well, it's chasing a bad investment. It is a plus for you, but I'm also maybe not as hot on Mike Williams as you might be. That's totally fair. I think I've got... Rose colored glasses well, on. I mean, I don't think he has a touchdown all year, and I don't know what this is going to But he's due. He's <laughs> See, due. <that>? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dad used to tell me that at practice all the time, you know, ahead <laughs> of the game, and it was really motivating. You're right. It was. That two point spread from your 49ers really doesn't help coming in. If you had a leg up on that, we might feel a little bit better. The That was just a higher scoring game than I expected it to be, but it was fun to watch. So I think Brock has more upside despite his current uh, needs of fix. And we'll see if he leaves a tight end in there. Uh, But he needs to pick up a defense. He's got the spot to do it. And he needs to drop uh, one of his three bad tight ends in order to free up the space. (laughs) So (laughs) I think this comes down to, uh, yeah, it's interesting. He still has Will Disley in his IR spot Mm -hmm. because Will Disley's not playing again this year. And I Uh, keeper, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he can't keep him because he never played played for Brock's team. Oh, so right. I don't know what he's that's doing right. there. Uh, Wasted his IR spot. I, this comes down to how the Texans do in Jacksonville. Yeah, right. So we'll find out early Sunday morning. Uh, I guess I should say in London, on you know whatever side of the hash they're on, how they do, and uh, early Sunday we'll have a, a good read on how this matchup's going to go. All right. Well. That patronizing comment notwithstanding, that should take us over to <laughs> the game of the week. Game of the week. Week, 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 week. We've got a huge jump start going into the game of the week. Two of our highest scoring teams of the season going up head to head finally after uh, weeks apart. They are now standing at six and two and seven and one, respectively, each of which had a player, if not two, this past Thursday night. And George Kittle looked fantastic on the field, but not to be outmatched, Kenyon Drake had his own fantastic evening, putting up over 100 yards. And uh, he also had Tevin Coleman, who did not do as well. Uh, got some action, though. So Derek currently leading going into Sunday football, 34.8, currently looking at Jared's 19.9. Their spread of projection, mind you, is 135.4, to 135.3 as of right now, which as close as it really gets. is. 
I am sure that Derek might have been kicking himself. I'm not sure if he had a hard start. Start, sorry, a hard start sit decision between A. Raj and uh, GQ, but uh, the uh, oh well, uh, Jimmy having put up 32.9 points in that pass-heavy game over 300 yards, four passing touchdowns. So uh, certainly could be an even higher leg up going into that. Then again, a Raj is playing up against uh, L.A., and so I assume that he will get some yardage in as well. What do you think of their matchup? I'm excited about this one. I want this to be a rivalry. Like yeah. I want there to be a feud here between Jared and Derek because they, they were the best two teams all year last yep. year, and then they both flopped in oh. week two of the playoffs. It was excellent. They had to face each other in the third place game. Derek That's won. Right. Then they played each other the first week of this season, and Derek won by four points. That's Jared's only loss on the year. So I want this to be a rivalry. I want Jared to hate Derek, <laughs> and I want Derek to be just stalwart. <laughs> What's the word? Is that, right? Is that the word? Stalwart? It's not the word. I don't think so. Stalwart. Stalwart. Stoic? Yeah. Stalwart. Stalwart. <laughs> so, the SIT word. Oh, stalwart. Oh. Uh, loyal, reliable, and hardworking. Yeah. Announced yeah, just stalwart. So not stalwart. So not stalwart, but, but <laughs> pronounced. Yeah, saying. pronounced stalwart. 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 Sounds weird. The more you say it, it sounds weird. Loyal, reliable, and hardworking <laughs> supporter or participant in an organization or team. Like I just wanted to be like just strong in his team and just have this. Oh, I'm not editing that out. We're <laughs> it's fine. I just wanted to have this like dominance over Jared of like <laughs> you keep trying to beat me, but I keep winning. And I, I so I, I want this to be ugly. All the way, by the way, Jared doesn't have a kicker in there, so that totally ruins uh, the projections Jared, being so close. What a jerk! What a freaking kicker! <laughs> <laughs> be a man. <laughs> Put a kicker in there. He's rostering Darren Fells at tight end, but he doesn't have a kicker in there. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but, so, I want Derek to win. Jared's team is really good, though. And he, he lost James Conner. He doesn't have David Johnson, but he keeps plugging guys in there who look good. He's at uh, Jamal Williams and Jalen Samuels at running back. Both are you know, the number two options on their team, but they should have uh, good weeks this week. Uh, Mike Evans is in a great spot at Seattle. And Amari Cooper is in a great spot at the Giants. Russell Wilson is in the total best spot playing Tampa Bay. It's just a matter of if you know how many times Seattle throws the ball because they can probably throw it through the air as much as they want against Tampa Bay with success. So uh, Jared's in a great spot. This is going to be a, a tough win for Derek, but I, I really want him to. I want him to just own Jared's soul with, uh, with keep by keep beating him. I, I on, love the sound of that. It's hard, hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it is. I, I really like the idea that Jared has... The only team, I think, looking at their, their benches, he's the only one that still has some depth to play with. He's actually got, if he weren't so riddled with bye, he's got some really challenging start-sit decisions at this juncture. And not all of us have the luxury of start-sit decisions. He's got Matt Breida on board, and that's a, a good little sub-in. Even Darren Fells is not a bad tight end who's got plenty of upside depending on the matchup. And so I, I definitely think that uh, Jared is showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. But... I'm pulling for the rivalry. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I, and I think Derek will have some 
kind of late reinforcements uh, later on in the season. He's got Will Fuller, who's hurt and out several weeks with a hamstring injury. And then he's got Josh Gordon, who's held in his IR spot, which is very disappointing to see he has Josh Gordon in his IR spot because Josh Gordon was cut by the Patriots uh, and waived, but picked up by the Seahawks. So I think going from Tom Brady throwing you passes to Russell Wilson throwing you passes is actually an upgrade <laughs> at, at this point in the in his career. But what a, what a nicety for a wide receiver to go from one of those guys to the other. So if he can get up to speed and integrated, like we talked about players being traded, if Josh Gordon can get up to speed in Seattle, then I think he could have some really big games with Russell Wilson throwing those very pretty deep balls to him. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, well... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the safe call and go with Jared here. Are you going to go for Derek just for the rivalry sake? Did I just say something about Russell Wilson's pretty deep balls? Because I, you know what? It, you might need um, to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what my wording was. Something, but something now about how excited I you my are head for Josh Gordon and, to get that upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I replayed the words that I said in my head. I'm not sure what order I said them in, but I'm now I'm a little nervous about how it sounds. <laughs> well, so <time> will tell. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna pick Jared here, and uh, right. I'll, I'll hope that the producer is kind in the editing <laughs> process. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, I was gonna tell you a story from earlier this week. A wife update on on Monday Night Football. Uh, we were getting into bed. We were flipping back and forth. You know, we had the Astros. Uh, World Series failed this week. And as we were going to sleep, Allie leaned over to me and she said, you know, you haven't really been sharing a whole lot about fantasy football with me this season. Wow. And I, and I was like, oh, oh well, well, let me let me <laughs> tell you, I'm I'm currently six and two. I'm, and she went, she put her hands away, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was complimenting you. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> This was not an invitation. I was not asking for information. I was merely affirming the fact that you have not been giving me any. It's like, oh. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, man. Right. No, I understand. Man, so so many times in marriage, you think you're pitching up a signal. That that means one thing. You're like, all right, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Let's 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 do this. And, and, and nut shot. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> oh, yep. Well, that's the world we live in. Wow. That's our cross wow. to bear here in uh, the greatest. Hey, I want. I want. Wait, hang on. I want to ask you something. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Don't don't land the plane yep, just yet. Yep. We, had, we had some chatter when the World Series was going oh. on. Oh. About fandom. <laughs> I wanted to hear. Your take on this, especially you had something in there about how it pertains to fantasy football. Oh, and I yeah. wanted I wanted to know what that angle was. Because at the time, I was all into baseball, and I wasn't yeah. thinking about fantasy football so much. as base, The baseball was good, and I was focused on yeah. baseball. What were you thinking with uh, those of us who were cheering against the Astros and how it pertains to fantasy football? Well, when I was asking you how you felt about the Astros versus the Rangers, I was trying to get a sense for how deep of a rivalry you guys were actually akin to. I know, I know yeah. it's a, uh, uh, in my mind, a kind of a contrived thing because I was around when the Astros were playing in the National League, and so there wasn't a lot of cross. In fact, when you and I were fans of the Rangers as young guys, uh, it would never really cross our minds. It was just that other team and that other type of baseball where the pitcher you know, picks up the bat for some reason. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. We don't pay any attention to it. 
But living in Houston, I would say that post-Harvey was pretty cool because that was the year that the Strohs won the World Series and our city's kind of recovering from the the flooding and just the camaraderie and the the recovery that all came about as a result of that. It was kind of a, just a cool timing thing, so you couldn't help but but be a fan of your city. And I wasn't claiming fandom to a team that I had never shown any loyalty to and still consider Dallas to be my my city, if you will. Uh, my, you know, Allie and I talk about it often about how we love Houston and she gets mad at me because I'm like, no, but Dallas has infrastructure and zoning and, and, and things like this and public transportation. And she's like, yeah, but Houston this. And I'm like, I get it. But Dallas has the Rangers. And, and, and she's like, you don't talk about the Rangers anymore. I was like, that's because they broke my heart, woman. <laughs> you don't know what you speak of, woman. <laughs> so... And, and that was not an invitation to talk about no, the Rangers. No, sure wasn't. I, I, nope. Hearing, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the comment actually, when I said what I said, like, careful, hey, the words you use may be used against you in the future. I was throwing back to a certain uh, behavior, and I'm surprised you wanted to bring this up. It, it tells me that you really didn't know what I was talking about. Do you recall when you realized you could manipulate your playoff positional standings by throwing a match going into the playoffs and mm-hmm. began to uh, submarine certain players onto your bench. You were accused of all different sorts of things. Stop me if, if this is ringing a bell, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Clark uh, writing a very formal letter of complaint. The, uh, the greatest slam down in response, though, was the a very simple screenshot. It didn't take any words. All Andy had to do was screenshot the comments you made about how the Astros ticked you off because they uh, they 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 participated in the questionable behavior of intentionally sucking in order to benefit in the long run, and that bothered you. And it was the greatest post slam possible on the stogram and that's what i meant by careful your words may be used in the future uh, against you by slamming the astros it was a little it was uh, a little i got gotcha. i got gotcha. i got gotcha. you okay all right i can yeah. see that yeah I, I, that doesn't really bother me i don't equate I equate the two uh <laughs> in terms of it, it's my team it only affects me uh, I, I don't have like fans i don't have fans of uh, my team as nice as that would be <laughs> There aren't people who pay money to watch my fantasy team play, uh, so I can do, I can do what I want. A little, a little different for an organization that is representing a city to intention, intentionally suck so hard as they did. But I, I I understand why they did it, and obviously it worked out. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to like That's, it. Nobody's asking you to. That is for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. I'm certainly not. I hope not. Not not asking anyone like me. Either. I hope my uh, intent in the group me on Monday didn't uh, or was not perceived as trolling by any means. Uh, I, I, we used to call it playing devil's advocate, but yeah, just a little bit of trolling. <laughs> was <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> well, uh, far be it from me, given the fact that uh, at the end of the day, I bleed blue. And uh, sure do hope that our Rangers one day may make a comeback. Now, I would enjoy, tell you the truth, a Rangers-Astros pennant like that, that to me would be awesome. And be awesome. and the opportunity to travel back and forth or stay with each other and, and go to these games like that, that to me would be awesome because that would be kind of the pinnacle rivalry 
And at that point, I probably would wear my Astros gear just because I'm the one with the zip code that got to represent. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm a pretty neutral guy and uh, care more about uh, fantasy football at this juncture. Yeah, I was thinking about that conversation, and I know you have sort of adopted that. Uh, and it's you know you're in the city, you're talking to people who are also Astros fans, so you kind of have to like get in the flow, right? You can't just like poo-poo the Astros, and so you kind of get into it. And I don't know if you can say you're a fan of them, but you're 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 a bandwagon fan as they're making this World Series run, and that's okay. I was thinking about that, and it's like, man, if the Cowboys made a run at the Super Bowl, I don't even know if I would be a bandwagon fan. Like I. <laughs> I would just keep playing fantasy, and I would just keep cheering. Like, I can yeah. play fantasy all the way until the Super Bowl now, and I can just keep cheering for the players to score against the Cowboys if they're on yeah. my on my fantasy team, whether it's on DraftKings or whatever. So I don't even think I would be a bandwagon fan of the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl at this point. I, I'm I'm so far past NFL fandom, and I actually don't even usually enjoy watching NFL games because there's so much dead time and so much uh, so many penalties now yeah. and reviews and like it, it, the product on field is getting worse so i'm okay with just continuing to enjoy the, the fantasy part of it and i know I, that makes me a terrible person uh and not really a football fan but that's okay uh i, I enjoy it in my own my own way I, I have a very specific purpose for football and it's not to be that's, a fan of a team right. and you know what <laughs> and it's not really to, to, to watch the watch the game just for the pure enjoyment at the of end it. of the day I, I need something at stake i don't i don't think that roger goodell cares very much because he's still getting a good chunk of my money in various forms whether it be through right uh, my nfl subscription or my tv subscription or through whatever else i'm doing or the advertisements they're in because i'm sure i'm watching it i love my setup though on a on a sunday afternoon i've got my phone which is which is uh drop in uh, the stats. I've got the, well, that's not entirely true. I just don't want to say it on the air. I've got, I've got the broadcast. I'll just go with that. I've got the broadcast of my NFL red zone on the big screen, followed by my phone for the group me, followed by the iPad sitting there staring at me, which is uh, displaying our scores at all times, along with my laptop open for anything else necessary in the moment, but usually streaming a game directly, if not the red zone, depends on what I want to keep an eye on, and uh, it's pretty uh, fantastic. So that's glorious. glorious. Well, so to do it, what what one day we'll in, in, invent the technology and we'll get the licensing from the NFL to put that all on one screen for you, so you get to watch the games wow. and track all your fantasy stores and lead chat and everything oh, all in one man. place. So it'll, it'll be amazing. Break my heart. As you. I really, I'm looking to give Roger Goodell more of my Seriously? money if they will, they will tailor the product to exactly what I want. I will, I will give more money. 100%. It just <laughs> sucks that the licensing deals that are saying no were contracted in the 1950s. <laughs> like right. Half of what we're waiting on are those. However, as you said, their product is struggling, uh, unlike what we're doing here, where the product just continues to get better and better and better because... It's the greatest fantasy football league in the world. And this is its podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know why I got all like Batman voice there. Sorry. <laughs> 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 trying trying like something that. new. <laughs>
<laughs> a little bit of British talk show on you. Because. Yes, we're here tonight. Um, 